to Enlighten Up, the Hilarity Podcast with Lizzie Allen and Karina Lauren. We take hard topics, throw them up in the air, and dissolve them with laughter. Each week, we feature a comedian from the Hilarity course, and we discuss topics from their set. From sexual shame to getting older, we tackle it all with humor and heart. Our goal is to awaken the masses, promote love, and increase connection by dissolving shame, all while making you laugh until you pee your pants. So let's enlighten up and get started. All right, welcome to episode four of Enlighten Up, a hilarity podcast with yours truly, Karina and... Lizzie. What's up, Karina? I bet you all have been wondering since last time, what's going on with oats and groats? Oats and groats, ride again. Pack your saddlebags. It's time to <laughs> it's time to ride again. Okay, so Lizzie, we you, we, you had an incredible show last night. Oh my goodness. Through HRP. And I want you to explain to people, first of all, the the vibe and the energy in the room was I don't know. Like it's hard to explain. Yeah, it was off the charts. During the intermission, there was an impromptu dance party, my favorite kind. So I want you to explain to people because there's hilarity. There's the hilarity course that people can go through. And then there's HRP that people can go through. So what is the difference? So the HRP stands for Hilarity Recovery Project. And I wanted to just focus on the recovery movement. My idea was that we could use like the law of attraction to shine a light and bring attention to the thriving recovery movement that's happening right under our noses. Should anyone want to get help, there are so many places where people can go and get help, support, love, and everything they need to live a life free from active addiction. And so the Hilarity Recovery Project has taken six people who are in recovery, and then we take them through this therapeutic process. So last night, we had the Hilarity Recovery Project final show. And uh, you were there, you got up on stage, you you said your piece, because you're a person in long-term recovery. Yeah, we're both at 13 this year. We are. Twinsies. Twinsies. And, uh, and, and last night was this powerful mix of people telling these hilarious stories, but also dropping into these authentic moments of, wow, I'm not there anymore. And, you know, it's like, yeah, so that's the difference. But then we had, what was hilarious was because we didn't really explain that hilarity exists outside of the recovery movement is for anyone who wants to just walk towards their own freedom and their own light. And so we had people coming up and going, um, I, you know, I'm not in recovery, but I've had terrible trauma and I, I could do <laughs> And I was like, it's fine. You can definitely come and do hilarity. Absolutely. But yeah. What, what were you think? What was your experience of that last night? Oh yeah. Same thing. Like people come up and say, oh, I want to join, but you know, I'm not in recovery, but I've got, and then they'd kind of go through their Rolodex of trauma. Like, well, but, but I've got, I could compile a lot of stories from my childhood. It's almost like the weirdest interview you've ever been to, right? Yeah. Hey, I am, I am um, effed up enough to do hilarity. It's like, who isn't, right? You're so welcome. Yeah. yeah. But I always like what you say, like life is traumatic. So 
it's not like any of us get to, you know, the ripe old age of 45, like I'm at and just go, everything's been fine. I don't know what anyone's talking about. (laughs) (laughs) I know. um, I had the perfect childhood. Uh, Absolutely nothing to see here. Move Uh, along, please. No resentments, no false self-limiting beliefs. I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. So yeah, last night was a huge success because everyone's touched by uh, the disease of addiction indirectly or directly. I mean, I thought that all the performers did such an incredible job at, like you said, shining light on something that is actually can be so devastating, but they've recovered. So there's this beautiful energy of like, yeah, I did this. Yeah, I did that. And it's hilarious. So those who can relate are just like, Oh God. Yeah. Been there, done that. It's funny now because I'm not doing it anymore. But I would think for members of the general public, it shines a different light on it than what they hear in the news and in the stories. And there's always, like you said, this, um, not necessarily always a stigma, but always a kind of a devastation around it, Mm. you know, and there's a debate I think that goes on in the public, like, Oh, these people are choosing to do this. Yeah. And there's um, maybe a lack of education around it is a disease. It's a disease. Mm. And I mean, you know, I know that if I didn't have a disease, like here's the thing, like we've talked about it, but if someone told me I'm allergic to strawberries and when you eat strawberries, you might cheat on your husband, you might, uh, <laughs> you know, end up in the hospital, jump off of a building. I'd be like, holy crap. I'm never going to eat a strawberry again. It wouldn't even enter my mind. So that's the mental health piece is that you can be told all of that about your drug of choice, but still obsess over, I have to have more. Yeah. Like that's the sickness, right? Let's get into a little bit about, I want to know a bit more about you, where you're at this week, what's going down in your world. How are you? This week I started a new job. I started going to the gym every morning at 6 a.m. And I've started planning and preparing for the show I'm in with Alex Brown next (sighs) week. Oh, my God. The 1920s show. 1920s show. Yeah. So it's been kind of a lot of it's so classic me. Like, oh, I'm starting a job, but also I'm going to start all these other new things. So very over the top, like it's just going full bore go big or go home, right? So the gym every morning, every morning <laughs> after sort of being mm-hmm. slovenly for about a year, yeah, exactly. <laughs> just go from nothing to like six, it's literally six days a week. I've got planned. <laughs> Today's my day off. So, um, yeah, the, the new job thing, little, little challenging. Cause it's like learning a new language It's a completely different industry and everyone's an expert. And so it is that kind of earthworm, rookie new person feeling where it's like, I know nothing. I wanted to update you on my book proposal. I think everyone's waiting to hear about this book proposal because I see the cardboards missing from the room. Yeah, it's uh, it's in process big time. I have spent days and days and days since I last saw you. Yes. And I've managed to get myself an editor and now she is very excited about it. And we are three weeks out really from finishing it realistically, but three weeks of full-time work. Yeah. Three weeks out of finishing the book proposal. Yes. Oh my God. That means pretty soon we're going to have 
an update, an episodic update here on the book proposal. Maybe. Yes. Maybe. But it's exciting. It's starting to take shape. I can see the whole book. Uh, I've storyboarded the entire book, so it's almost ready to be made into a film. I don't mean to jump the gun. Who would who would play you? People ask me that, and I always say I would like an unknown. You know, like one of those breakthrough unknown actors, you know, because it's going to be a young character. She's going to be about 19, a little bit gay. <laughs> just, just a little bit. Just a or at least able to play a little bit gay or, you know, obviously uh, closeted gay, but. So how, how are you going to advertise that? We're looking for an actress that's a little <laughs> bit gay, Pre- preferably can act closeted gay. <laughs> I'm not gonna make that or cast that film or anything. I'm just gonna. Uh, yeah, you hire. What I'm just gonna turn up to the Oscars and talk about it and go. Yeah, I'm so proud of the way it's turned out. Yeah, exactly. Oh my god, you I know, sound like you know such that a dick. If you won an Oscar, they'd have to start playing that music to get you off stage. Yeah, but how would I win an Oscar? I'm not even in the film. <laughs> <laughs> I just win win an Oscar for being me. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we've we've created a new Oscar this year just for being you, <laughs> Lizzie yeah. Allen. Oh. All right, tell me who we're talking about today. Today we're going to listen to Ritu, and then we'll we'll reconvene after this. Okay, please welcome to the stage the one, the only, the beautiful Ritu. Wow. Good evening, everyone. Thank you for being in our little uh, little white rock accent on the white, uh, as has been pointed out. Um, I'm on a little journey of self-discovery, have been for a little bit, you know, meditating and taking some therapy and watching inspirational YouTube videos, journaling. Uh, so this course is all part of that. But uh, I'm hitting a milestone uh, in the new year. I'm turning the big 5-0. Thank you, thank you. Um, and, you know, age hasn't been a big deal for me because I, I feel good about the things, you know, I've lived through and, and, and done. Uh, but I realized that I've missed the opportunity to enjoy a really good midlife crisis. <laughs> Unless I live till I'm 100 years old, my midlife was like a couple of decades ago. So... Anyways, but a little bit about me. Uh, I was born and raised in uh, Toronto. I have beautiful, educated, smart um, parents who are, uh, came from India. Small town in the foothills of the Himalayas. Go and discover yourself. It's called Shimla. It's a beautiful place. Um, uh, I've been involved in the community. I run a little not-for-profit. You know, I'm considered like one of those people that bring people together, a conciliator, a peacemaker. Uh, a lover, not a fighter. So um, I'm obviously divorced. <laughs> Which also means uh, I'm a single mom of an amazing, um, fun-loving 14-year-old. God bless him. You know, I have no regrets of uh, the decisions I've made, including my divorce. Uh, you know, I'm a better person coming out of it. And it's a difficult thing to go through, you know, to decide to end a relationship, especially when you have kids. 
Um, and it changes how people see you as well. I'll, I'll be at a dinner party, and this has happened. I honestly, like on more than one occasion, someone will come up to me and they'll be like, I hate my husband. <laughs> Look at him, hogging the guacamole over there. You know what I'm talking about. And I'd be like, you know, I don't, what, what are they looking for me? Some validation or something? Like, what am I supposed to say? Like, um, yeah, you should roast that, mu-, you know. <laughs> I'll give you the phone number of my lawyer tomorrow. <laughs> no, that's not what I'm going to say. You know? Like, if you can figure that shit out, figure it out. Go to counseling, be vulnerable with one another. Um, you know, it's tough. And, you know, we went through all that. We, we, and we, it, we decided what we did, and I'm glad for it. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it, it's, it's an interesting process because, you know, uh, when I was going through it, I was speaking to my counselor, and she said, you know, you have to come from a place of love uh, as you walk through this. And I was like, have you been listening to me for the last, like, do you, are you not taking notes? I can't, what do you mean love? And she's like, well, you know, what you give out to the world, Ritu, is what you're going to get back. I'm like, I have nothing more to give. Like, no way, not going there. Um, and I, I was really upset, really confronted by that. And, um, and then she hit me with the bombshell. She said, Ritu, the energy you put out in the world is going to come back to you and your son. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> Okay, all right, all right. So, you know, I took out my little gratitude journal, and uh, so I started writing, like, I do not hate you. <laughs> I do not want to hurt you. <laughs> you know, and, and if you do these affirmations, you'll know you don't say the don't, because it's actually you're writing the opposite, right? So I was saying, I hate you, I want to hurt you. So... Yeah, after uh, lots of counseling and lots of journals, uh, I was able to write and, and feel and even write to him, I forgive you. Uh, and so even I can say I have love in my heart for him now. I'd never want to be back with him, let's be clear about that. <laughs> So, you know, we're able to do, like, support one another, uh, you know, and be a family because of our beautiful son, which I'm really grateful for. I mean, you know, we have our triggers. It's not perfect, so, uh, but it's, it's a good thing. And, uh, <clears throat> because of that, uh, I'm sort of seen like that nice person, you know, almost too nice. And in the class, um, I thought, well, people were asking, well, what do you want to be? Like, you know, I think it would be nice to, like, try out, like, a, a bad bitch, you know? Like, and, um, they're like, what? What? We can't. I'm like, a, a bad bitch, you know? And everybody lost it. Like, yeah, me too, yes! Yes! Be a bad bitch, me too. <laughs> crazy 
Like, there's so much enthusiasm about it. So, you know, so I went home, got out my journal, and, uh, you know, so I started writing, okay, I want to be a bad bitch. No, be affirmative. I am a bad bitch. I am a bad bitch. You know, I wrote it so many times to really, like, try to absorb it. You know, like, when you're in school and have to write on the chalkboard, like, uh, lines when you're punished. And um, so, you know, I was trying to feel it out. And then uh, around that time, uh, you know, my ex called me, and he was concerned about a health issue. And, you know, I thought, hmm, let me see. This could go a couple of ways. Um, If it was me prior to my stack of journals and healing, I probably would have been like, so? Go figure it out. Like, why are you calling me? Call your girlfriend. Um, You know, but I didn't. I didn't, you know, and uh, supported him through that, and I'm glad I did, you know? So I I, I said to the class and to Lizzie, I was like, I don't know, like, I'm... I'm, not, I'm just not that person. I'm, I'm not a bad bitch. You know, I, th- I think, and I think I'm okay with that. Um, but there's a couple of definitions if you look up what it means. Uh, <laughs> and I'll, I'll come back to that. Uh, but what I did want to share with you, uh, we talked about, you know, the healing and the exercises we've had in class. And um, thank you to Lizzie and Ellen, they're amazing. Uh, And they have this kind of like beautiful, gentle way of, you know, kind of coercing you into sharing your vulnerabilities, (laughs) (laughs) making you feel really safe. And you share things that, you know, maybe you haven't told other people. Um, But it's a really beautiful thing, actually, because as some of people have said, like, we think we give so much power to things we feel guilty about or think we have shame about or we have shame about. So to shed light on them is a beautiful thing. And um, one of the classes I found myself, uh, after doing some sharing, being cradled in a stand-up human cocoon (laughs) by 12 absolute strangers... This is class one. <laughs> and, you know, we're, we're, all of a sudden I feel like we're swaying, and there's like the soft music, and, um, you know, I, but at first it was a, it, but it wasn't awkward, actually, because the way they, uh, Lizzie takes you through everything, you feel really safe, but it was a soft landing for me, and um, I started to cry, and I actually started to sob, and I, I realized because I don't think I had allowed myself to grieve over so many things, probably in the last 10 years. Um, you know, the loss of my dad, he died of brain cancer, my loss of our marriage, um, the loss of, you know, when you want to do things for, uh, and I've wanted to protect my son, and I felt like I haven't been able to. So many things, and I realize many of us probably don't have a soft landing. You know, you might be in your bedroom or in your car, and you cry by yourself when you hear that sad song, you know, and you you let it out, and that's awesome, that's great. But we need those safe places to be able to do that. So thank you to Lizzie and Ellen for for making that uh, available to us. 
And um, I think that's what I would share with you is, you know, uh, when you're in a battle and you really feel like you want to put your fisticuffs up, you know, try and center yourself and come from a place of love. Uh, the rewards are better. And... Um, and find your places of soft landing and, and be kind to yourself. So uh, can I get a woot woot for that? <laughs> okay. So I'm just gonna, I'm gonna share with you um, the couple of definitions of a bad bitch, leave that with you. So if you, if you look up in the dictionary, um, not the Oxford English Dictionary, <laughs> <laughs> I had to double check because if you Google it, the definition comes up, but it's the urban <laughs> cr cr crowdsourcing dictionary. <laughs> so uh, one definition is a woman who resembles someone with a trashy and poor attitude <laughs> and just overall bad personality. <laughs> Another one. An independent, confident, attractive woman that takes care of business. <laughs> I'm okay straddling both of those definitions. So that's me, guys. Thank you. All right, Ritu. I hope you're at home clapping and cheering for Ritu, that bad, bad bitch that she is. <laughs> oh my God, that was so funny. I love it. Yeah, Ritu, you know what? It never ceases to amaze me how much ground these hilarious cover in a stand-up. Oh God, yeah. Because I'm sitting here taking notes and I'm just like, okay, age, midlife crisis, peacemaker, divorce, affirmation. Like it's, she's covered a lot. She is a bad mm. bitch. She is totally a bad bitch. I love at the beginning, first part where she notices, you know, when, when you get divorced and you can kind of apply this to other things, like when you have an experience in a certain camp, um, like when I first came out, right, people always came up to me and say, I'm having such trouble with my boyfriend. I'm thinking about becoming a lesbian. And she talked about like, and I'm like, I don't care. And she did that with the whole divorce thing. You know, and it's obviously not an easy thing for her to have got divorced. You know, it, w it was like, you know, that's a major loss of a dream that didn't happen. I wrote down the same thing because I, I wrote down like sees like. So although it came out for her as the divorce, I mean, you and I have definitely experienced it from a place of recovery or a place of, you know, one time I shared that whatever, I did something horrible and I had so many people coming up after saying, oh my God, I did that too. And I've never heard anyone say it before. And so there's this shining the light. And although it is coming up in awkward situations, like you're sitting at a party, you don't want to hear about how much someone can't stand their husband. Right? Yeah, look <laughs> it's at that, him. Yeah, look, look at him, him eating that guacamole. <laughs> chip after chip, shoving the guacamole in his face. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, what do okay. I do with this? Yeah, okay. But there's something to that. There's yeah. a there's a subtleness to it, but it is that whole 
experience strength and hope. Like someone's done it. Someone's been there. Someone gets it. I'm not alone. Yeah. It's a universal relatability. Yeah. Yeah. Which is so cool. Cause she said at the beginning, she brings people together. She's a connector. She's a peacemaker. Um, and so I think just her going up on stage and sharing that light, I'm, it, it's so magical because when you have that innate ability to be a connector and be a peacemaker, when you go on stage and then share your story, it's like you are shining that on everyone in the room. Oh gosh. Yeah. And the, you know, and, and I, I really picked up on this. She's a really nice person. She's a, she's a leader in the community. And I think sometimes we, we do that. We take on and overplay those parts of ourselves that are most desirable and get all our needs met. And then she explores this other side, like, I want to be a bad bitch. I want to explore that part and try it on, which it's, for me, it speaks to that allowing all of us, you know, like, sorry, allowing like the whole of us to exist. So you can be this really lovely, nice, kind person that always says and does the right thing, but you can also be a bad bitch and set boundaries and, and, you know, look after yourself and those that you need to look after, you know, and I just love that. I think this, what you just said is why that new show on Netflix beef is so popular because I think there's so many people who think I need to show up like this. I need to act like this. I need to have everything together, but inside they're seething yeah, because they just continue to put themselves last. Right. right. Or just, no, no, no. I'm going to just put on a smile and put on a brave face and just keep going. And I think that it's really connected with people. And what I loved about her, like, yeah, I'm, I'm a bad bitch is that it's not about just, you know, getting shit done. It's about like what you said, there's, there's boundaries and there's, you have a yes and you have a no. And like, I've been told no is a complete sentence. You don't need to ex- explain to anybody why you're not doing something or why you are doing something. It's none, yeah. it's none of their business. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it. I loved, loved that set. So natural. Isn't it so amazing how you can't really get it wrong when you do hilarity, right? There's no getting it wrong. You just get up there and you're shining your light and you're saying, speaking your truth and you're adding some humor, but you're also dropping into a real place like this is my lived experience like take it or leave it this is how i am this is this is what i've been through and there's no getting that wrong this is their first set and they're just they're just slaying they're coming across like accomplished performers it's just like as powerful it's a lesson for all of us really like the more that we embrace our authenticity that we allow ourselves to be not perfect and allow the light into all aspects of who we are we're much easier. Uh, it's much easier to be who we are and and uh, connect with an audience, connect with the people around us. Yeah, I mean, she said it so perfectly. Like, like I said at the beginning, you know, shining the light on guilt and shame because it actually diminishes it. Yeah, it's like actually, even when I said to you, so, so y'all, I got to tell you a story. So yesterday, I made the mistake of saying to Lizzie, like, hey. I- <laughs> made the mistake already. I'm saying, it. Hey, I want to, I want to like officially write 
I, I know what I want to write. I know the set that I have in my head. I want to write it out and I want to workshop it with you. Okay. So Lizzie gave me some feedback and I was just like, of course I know that. Well, you think I've been listening to you for the last five years, <laughs> like immediately went defensive. Right. But I'm actually so glad that that all happened because it shines a light on the wound that still needs to be transcended. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Without those contrasting moments, like, oh crap, I can't be enlightened all the time. Don't worry. I, I don't believe in being a little bit enlightened, so I'm never enlightened. But my point is like, oh crap, I haven't transcended everything yet. There's still going to be those moments of contrast where oh, my defiance is coming out. Oh, my like pushing away is coming out. Oh, my, you know what, Lizzie, I don't need you. I don't want your help. <laughs> I know, I know. And it was, it's, it's an interesting um, paradox, really, because I don't think you've ever, 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 apart from sketches and things like that, you've never let me workshop anything with you. You've always said, yeah. hey, I want to workshop my stuff. And then you start and I, and then I go, okay, well, let's, and you go, stop, I've got it. I can do it myself. All right. <laughs> and that, no, no, no. You know, or, or sorry, the opposite. Yeah. I'll go, it's stupid. It's not funny anyways. And I just throw the whole thing out. Yeah. That's, I've definitely. definitely done that too. Or I say, I don't, you know what? I'm not going to write it. I'm just going to MC and I won't write anything. Yeah. But you've spoken to that before. Like you say, it comes from this, uh, when you were younger, you kind of needed to already be an expert. And if you weren't an expert, you weren't going to do it. And you just walked away and said, I don't like it anyway. It's boring. <laughs> you know, is that, is that kind of the thing that's playing out for you? Can you speak to that? Kind of. Well, I think, yeah, I think it's a, it's a not good enough. There's, there's definitely something there. Um, when I was younger, I had, I did have a belief that I had to show up and be just as good as everyone else. And if I wasn't, I would just quit. Cause I, because the running story was like, you're, you suck. Like you're not, you're not good. That I have actually gotten over quite a bit. Like I joined hockey in order to help me get over that. Cause I knew I wouldn't be good at it. But there's still something, the story that I realized happened last night is, Karina, you've been doing this since 2017, and you apparently suck at it. So it, it's almost like a world crumbling. Oh, mm. shit. Everything's been a house of cards. I'm not good. Oh, my God. I've I'll just be been discovered. fooling everybody. And it's, dis it's out. I'm outed now. And uh, of course, that's a total lie. But that's the false belief that comes in that can be so powerful, which is why every time I see these people perform, Ritu, everyone that we've listened to that we've seen, it's so inspiring because I know what they had to go through to get there. I know that they had to write. I know they had to be vulnerable. I know they had to say, this is my life. This is my story. Here it is. I've tried to make, I've tried to make it into something that I'm going to bring on stage. And someone in that class has said, oh, you know, it would be better if you said it this way or, oh, what if you did it that way? That's huge vulnerability. Do you know what? I can relate to what you went through or what you kind of are going through, I suppose, because that's how I was for years. I started doing comedy. My first time doing comedy, I was about 23. And then on 25, I took a course and I couldn't work out how to write jokes. So I ended up being the MC. So I didn't have to write jokes. And then I, I would go and try my hand at stand up 
and I was completely alone in it, right? And I would turn up to the stage with with really nothing written. And I would just like, I would have some ideas and I would get up on stage and I just wasn't as good as I knew I was. And so that would make me walk away for years at a time. Even when I moved to Canada seven years ago, and I had actually had some success in England where I did comedy writing and performance. So I had lots of experience writing and workshopping with other people. And, and I really leaned into my classmates to get my set. You know, I did not write my jokes initially. We wrote them together after sort of just going around and around and around. And then I came out to Canada and I was like, right, I'm going to, I'm going to like had it all planned out. I was going to go to the gym six days a week and I was going to go to meetings every day. And then I was going to go and get stage time wherever I could in Vancouver. I went to one stand up comedy show and didn't even get on the stage. I went, I did one open mic and I hated it so much. I just, I, I almost gave up. It wasn't until you and I went to a cafe and I was telling you all about my dreams for therapeutic recovery across the board and comedy combined. And you were like, well, let's do it then. And we put on a show and you were just brave. Like, you know, we liken it listeners out there. We liken it to being children who just, you know, where you just kind of go around the neighborhood and you get all the kids and the parents to come and watch your show, which you pretty much make up on the spot. Well, I had done some writing, so I did a lot of writing and I really helped Ellen with her set as well. And you emceed, but you refused <laughs> all anything to do with like um, working on your stuff. And it wasn't that your stuff was bad. It was just that that's how you, you write a set is you go through many processes of editing. You don't just write your jokes. It, you do eventually get into the mindset of being able to write quickly, uh, in joke format, but that comes after editing. I edit, I can spend hours and hours and hours going over many edits to get that much writing. And I'm doing, I'm talking about a couple of paragraphs down into one sentence that says exactly the same thing, but cleverly, right? Just, and that, that's a process. And I bounce it with other people and all sorts. So there's nothing to be ashamed about in your experience, where you are incre an incredible performer. Anyway, this let's not make this a wank fest about okay. Karina. Okay, but listen okay. up. Let's, this is what, this is what's exciting. So everything you described, I actually do myself, but then I throw everything out. Like right. I'll write exactly. three pages, I'll get it down to two paragraphs, and then I'm like, it's not good enough. So actually, nobody ever sees it, or I'll perform it. I'll perform it for like my grandma, and she'll be like, you know who's funny. <laughs> Grandma, right. Gordon. Please, listeners, know that her grandma is one of the most caustic women I have ever met. She's an elderly German woman who does not suffer fools gladly. Yeah. So I take it to the biggest critic who says it's not funny because it's not Ricky Gervais. And then I just go, I'm not doing it. Right. So what I wanted to say is like, this is going to be the journey. Okay. Listeners, dear listeners, just keep, let's keep track. Okay. I, <laughs> I mandate to take some writing to Lizzie or even, Hey, let's go back to rookie years and just take it right to the hilarity group and be a, be a student. Yeah. That's what, that's what I mandate because just humble yourself. Yeah. I'm going to humble myself for our <laughs> November show where I'm coming down in a moon in my oh. red sequin dress. I am going to have a written set. Okay. I put that out there in the universe. It's going to happen. 
Oh, I feel sick. No, don't feel <laughs> sick. It's going to be solid. You're going to have so many solid jokes. You're just going to be like cracking them out the park. Oh, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, you are going to witness something immense, which is basically a childlike person coming out of their shell. <laughs> anyway, we're really going on about this. Let's, let's just quickly go back to Ritu, wind up that, and then we can kind of end the episode there because we are kind of coming to time oh, here. Yeah, we've, got, we've gone on with this one because it was worth it. Ritu was fabulous. And I want to just touch back on something she said, you know, um, what you give out in the world you get back. And so does your son, which I thought was really cool. Cause that's just the ancestry, right? The ancestral stuff that we get passed down and we get to decide what to do with it. So everyone go out there and come from a place of love. And if you don't know how learn, <laughs> just learn. <laughs> yeah. Just everyone, you know, you, it's our, it's our job to clean up our own inner world. And when we have a healed inner world, then naturally we're going to contribute to the world healing. Just, just spread some magic out there. Spread love, spread magic. Get up, get up tomorrow morning and say, how can I spread some magic in the world? But it's true. We could look for people out mm -hmm. there in the world and just, you know, just touch somebody on the arm, but don't startle them and just say, <laughs> and just say, Hey, I see you and I love you. And you know, you matter. Yeah. I love that. Okay. Well, we'll leave it there. Thank you for joining us again on Enlighten Up. A Hilarity podcast. Until next time, bye. Dear listeners, we are a two woman shop here, and this is a little labor of love. So, anything you can do to show us some love, our love language is subscribing, sharing on social media, and coming to one of our many shows. And if you're feeling really adventurous, take a course. Don't be afraid of a good time. We love you. We love you. We love you. We're out.